left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders shared their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman, and with me today is infielder Greg Baxter. Greg, welcome to the show. Hi, Chad. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate you being here. So you've maybe heard a couple of these. You kind of get a gist of what we try to go for, but we think there's great value and info share from our community members to kind of hear people's journeys. So maybe if you could start off, just kind of tell us what your journeys look like and what brought you to the point where you are today? Yeah, just going back a bit, my wife and I, we bought our first apartment back in 2004. We became accidental landlords in 2009. Common story, I guess. Great recession and didn't think we were going to get much out of uh, selling it. So we just rented it and we still have that property today, as well as another. They're both in the Jersey City area where we were at for a while. Along the way, we got into syndications, I think a little bit by luck. I think it really had to do with having a little bit of preparation and opportunity at the same time that kind of came together. So to explain that, basically 2012, I had a fraternity brother and I who were out of school 10, 12 years or so. And we were looking into, hey, let's get a bunch of guys together. Let's try to buy a house at uh, Rutgers, New Brunswick. And you know, maybe we can rent it out. We can all make money. That was kind of the idea. And we started to put together a group. We had our operating agreement looking at where we're going to buy, what kind of uh, parameters are we looking at. And we, then we kind of thought, well, this is going to be fairly active. Right? We're going to have to fill up the, buy the property, fill it with tenants, manage the property, get the contractors out or fix it ourselves. And so right at that same time, as we were kind of going about that, the, my fraternity brother's uh, accountant, somebody from his firm approached him and said, hey, we're buying a 14-unit building in Colorado in Denver. Would you guys be interested in participating? And so we looked at the numbers and we said, well, this looks great. Very passive. So that was 2012. We got in, it was seven of us, put in five grand each. So very small beginnings. I guess it was before the age of tribe vest and tribe investing. So that was our first one. We did another one in 2015, another one in 2017. And I guess it was really by 2018 that I had kind of the aha moment, right? Where it only took me six years, but the first property had 1031 into another property in Colorado. And then by 2018, it was doing another 1031 into a 109 unit, I believe it was, in Cincinnati. And so by that point, my five grand was becoming basically 13 and it had gotten payments along the way. So basically tripled it in six years. And I kind of thought, wow, what if it did this with a little more gusto and put in uh, instead of five, 10 or 20 or 50? And so then I was off and running, researching, reading and going at the meetups all that. So kind of gotten much more active in the engagement of education myself. I was going to say that the common joke is it's called passive investing, but it's very active to begin with anyway, that you got to do your due diligence and get educated. Yeah. I mean, I think that's absolutely the most important part. And I listen to just a ton of podcasts. And from there, you, you get the book recommendations. You'll hear about the Purple Book. You'll hear about various other out there that are worth reading. And there's other recommendations to check out meetups. So I did that. There was a, I'd heard about a 
local syndicator by me that was doing monthly meetups. And I became part of that group, still go out with those guys. Yeah, it's been great. That's kind of the next question is what resources have you found useful? It sounds like that has been a big part of it is the community side of things to allow you to network with some people that are in this space as well. Yeah, I think the network is great. I think you can get out and meet somebody who's in the space and have that relationship. You can kind of build that trust factor. That's the way I felt with this particular syndicator. And I've since invested in, I think, four or five deals with him. They've gone well. So, And I've met a lot of great people there. So I think getting out in person, you see other people doing it, you see the success that they're having, and, and you want to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you started with a group of vests. I'm glad you mentioned tribe vests because I was going to say, did you guys form a tribe or not? But back then it wasn't available. Since these other investments you've done, those are individual investments you've done or have you always done group investing with? It started out with the group investments and I've kind of continued to do a few of those. But at the same time, since 2019, I really got into it and started you know, taking better control of my own finances and done a number on my own as well went down the self-directed 401k route and tapping into home equity, kind of using the funds I have available. So I've been able to really kind of maximize the number of investments I'm able to get into. Yeah, that's great. You're putting a lot of different tools to use, it sounds like, which is good. A great way to step into it with the group investing is you expose your risk at a lot lower level than what you would on your own, but it allowed you to get into multiple deals, which is great. So that's a good way for people to get started probably. One of the things I hear all the time is there's a twenty-five or $50,000 minimum. And you can always ask those syndicators, hey, can I get in for a little less? It's my first time. And I think that's something that I would definitely recommend as you get out there and you meet somebody and build that relationship. Many are willing to take you on if they think it's something that's going to bear out down the line. Hello, left fielders. This is Jim Pfeiffer, one of the founders of Left Field Investors. Honestly, I can't believe how far we've come from our initial start with 12 members. We've grown and learned a lot. None of this would be possible without our amazing community members and partners. I want to personally thank you for being part of the left field community. I'm constantly amazed by the quality of people that join our group and their willingness to give back to the community and share their knowledge. From the most experienced investor to those who are brand new, we all learn from each other. That is the power of community. Thank you for supporting Left Field Investors. Exactly. It seems like they're pretty open to first-time investors to have a little bit of a discount getting in, more often than not anyway, put it that way. But that's good. What Any other resources that come to mind that were useful along the way to get you educated and comfortable making that move to invest on your own versus the groups? I definitely read a number of books along the way. Started out listening to Michael Blank. I read his book. Frank Gallinelli wrote a good book on investing. Cashflow Quadrant, good for the mindset, getting into the investor and business owner kind of side of the quadrants. Yeah, really between the podcast and books and in person. I get it. That's kind of the go-to for a lot of us, that's for sure. So your journey has been through a vast thing. You chased a couple shiny objects maybe early. You kind of found what you feel comfortable settling into, doing it on your own not and with group both along the way. But maybe you can share with group some lessons learned or some advice that you've learned by going through all this different paces that you've gone as you've progressed along your pathway. Anything you can share with the group? I mean, I think it really comes down to educating yourself first off, 
and really just taking actions. As long as you're out there, the more you can absorb, I think the better. What I used to do is I would listen to podcasts to and from work, jot down notes. And so I've kind of had this running list of notes that I've compiled and you hear about the different concepts and different shiny objects, maybe some you want to stay away from. So for me, staying kind of narrowly focused primarily in multifamily has been good. So I try not to shy away and into too many other things. I think it's just really getting out there. And then, you know, once you get invested, I think another thing to do is to be actively engaged in your passive investing to kind of monitor it. I think that's something that left field has been particularly good about putting those tools out to kind of look at those investments and evaluate them and are the sponsors meeting the expectations they set forth and the performers and I try to discipline myself to stay in my lanes as well, because there are a lot of interesting deals that pop up that are different asset classes that I get intrigued by, but I want to pace myself to get really ingrained in the three or four asset classes that I'm interested in and not go chase the other things just because they look intriguing right now. I think what I've learned is there's always another deal coming anyway, so I don't need to chase it if I'm not ready to go after it today there'll be other deals similar to it down the road that I can always look into. So hopefully that's the case anyway. <laughs> that's a great tip there. It's just if you see a sponsor, maybe don't jump at the first deal and see how they do, right? And let that first deal play out, see how it goes. And definitely some value in that to make sure that you're investing with somebody that's going to be around for the long haul. Right. Definitely. That's hopefully part of the plan anyway. So what's next for you? Where are you headed from here now that you've reached this point? knowing the economy's kind of upside down right now and interest rates are going up still and everything else. But what's on your kind of near future plan? Near future, I'm going to think I'm going to continue to try to get involved in additional apartment syndications. I'm certainly not very bullish on stocks, on 401ks for a multitude of reasons. The typical advice, I think, is you know you save a million dollars and then you're taking out 4% a year. I just don't think it's going to cut it. And so I think I want to just continue to build my passive investments so that I can build additional streams of income. I think I'm certainly diversified in that way, continue to diversify. I've done so through sponsors and through geographies and also talking to members of a local meetup group and hopefully we'll be able to get into something on the GP side as well down the line. Very good. Nice. That's a good path to go. Along the diversity side of things, have you given consideration to looking into different asset classes? I know you're trying to stay in your lanes, but I don't know if that's part of the future planning for you as well. I have invested in one storage park deal and one mobile home park. So for the most part, and I guess one development deal as well. So I typically prefer cash flowing projects from day one, but I think a little diversity is good. I've got some different plays out there, but for the most part, I think the multifamily space is where I'll I'll stay. I've got the majority of my portfolio in multifamily as well, but I've tried to dip my toe in more to educate myself. If anything, there is some diversity factors there as well, but I wanted to learn more about mobile home parks, self-storage, commercial triple net lease kind of things. And the best way to learn it is to get involved with it, it seems like. But another pro tip for us, important to know your goals and then align those investments to what your goals are. Knowing you've got a five-year hold for most cases, what are your goals for the next five years? And will that deal align to what you're trying to do, I think is very important along the way as well. Keeps you from getting after the shiny objects sometimes too if something doesn't quite align with what you're really trying to accomplish. Yeah, sure. I mean, you could have a sponsor that you like that's got more of a back-end loaded deal and maybe that's not going to work for the cash flow investor. So yeah, absolutely. You've got to look at those deals and wait for the right one. And they'll be out there. 
maybe use the 80-20 rule at best anyway. And <laughs> if you dabble in 20% of your portfolio with other things, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, but up to you, I guess. Well, this is great stuff, Greg. I really appreciate you joining us and sharing your story today. It's really interesting. Happy to hear about where you're going and good luck with the journey. Yeah, thank you very much, Chad. Appreciate you and I feel investors. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening today as well. We appreciate that also. And we'll see you next time in the spotlight. Since you are here listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're investing with a group of people. Whether you're investing with family or friends or like-minded people in the left field investors community, group investing is a strategy that can get you into more deals, help you diversify, and go beyond what you can achieve by yourself. Before TribeVest came along, it was difficult to overcome all the hurdles associated with group investing. It was basically a strategy reserved for the wealthy. Not anymore. Now, TribeVest helps your group with everything from incorporation, collaboration, banking, and equity management tools all in a single place. So you can focus on building wealth with the people you know, like, and trust. I'm using TribeVest for all five, now six, of my investor tribe. It's a game changer. Check them out at TribeVest.com. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. <laughs>